What's good, y'all? It's your boy Herb. And it's your girl Mo. And welcome to our soon to be world renowned podcast. Young, black, and figuring it out. What up, though? What it do? Whatever we tell it. <laughs> hey, so um, it feel good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Feeling good. Welcome mm-hmm. to another episode of part two of season two. <laughs> You feel me? Yeah. Had us a little break, you know what I mean? And now we uh we back at it, ready to roll. Right. Um, so you know how we like to do mm-hmm. before we jump right into uh, mm-hmm. today's amazing topic, which is gonna be great. Yes. Back by some facts and stats. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, what did we figure out this week? I figured out a lot. Did you? Yes, I actually was planning to be unprepared and it life worked out where mm. I couldn't, you mm-hmm. know. But um I figured out how mm-hmm. finite life is, right? And, I mean, the pandemic alone could have told us that. Yeah. However, and probably my biggest takeaway is living with a lack of risk. Right. Mm. That is not that is not the way I want to live my life. Yeah. I was like, oh, being comfortable is fine. You know, settling is fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. And the more I do it, the more unhappy I seem to be. You yeah. know, I was like, you know, if there is a way in which I can find joy or actually go toward happiness, I should take the risk and do so. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. I can't sit and complain. But like, oh, what was me? It's like, you're not doing anything. You're not even trying to mm-hmm. do something. It's like, yeah, let me reassess this. <laughs> let, yeah. me, let me work through my life and, and like actually identify the areas in which I have settled and it makes me unhappy. Okay. And change that up. You okay. know? Yeah. For, for the risk. So now you're saying that. You recognize that and you want to move forward with taking more risks. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And you know, you know how I am. I am cautious. Mm-hmm. I am worst case scenario esque. Mm-hmm. And it prevents me from even making the like the one little baby step. I'm like, I'm so, scared. I can't do it. So, so for the audience to know that's a little more, let's dive into some of the things we say. So worst case scenario esque. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. Like she's not lying. So let me just give an example of what that might mean. I feel like you didn't need to harp on this one. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, and, and I love that you're gonna work past that to be able to um, take more risk. But like one time we was driving and uh, one of our cars decided to break down <laughs> on the side of the road, and uh, like the car, like, I knew like all right, something's either going on with either the battery, the engine, or whatever, right? So I'm there and I'm like stopping, trying to like uh, restart the car. So I'm like restarting it, restarting it, and it's not really going. And Mo, she tell me like, yo, you gotta stop. I'm like, why? Wow, what's wrong? She's like, the car gonna blow up. I'm like, the car gonna blow up. Like, nah, I think we'll be okay. But um, yes, yeah, so keep going. I'm sorry, I just gotta elaborate for folks on what the worst case scenario. Means. I want, I want to even like hone in on the fact that it's the stuff that's not as logical, right? Because we are also right on the side of the road, like you said, and we got big old trucks zooming past yeah. us like yeah. if they hit us it was over for all of us yeah. you feel me the car itself yeah. and i'm here like we can sit in the car no big deal i'm like we could sit in the back and watch oncoming traffic no big deal yeah. and he's like are you kidding <laughs> yeah like that nah, you what you scared the car gonna blow up but you ain't ready to get hit by this mac truck yeah there's there's okay. no logic to it it's just very <laughs> that's okay but yeah. those type of thoughts you said like kind of prevent the risk taking and so now yes they have held me back for majority of my life or all of my life i would say i got you and i i think one time we had a conversation this was years ago you're like okay but honestly what is the worst thing that could happen because right now it sounds like a lot of emotion Mm. i was like true i was really thinking and feeling through my feelings and all of it was just telling me nah don't do it don't do it too much right and when i had to logically like express it it it's like "Mm, more than likely it would work out yeah 
the higher probability is it'll it be fine. Yeah, or or it won't be as bad as right. what it right okay. right. And my goal is to not have to wait on others to talk that through with me mm. because like most of the time you keep that stuff to yourself. I don't even share. Yeah, it's like I want to work through doing that for myself and being like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna try anyway. Mm-hmm. Like if it doesn't work out, okay, but I tried. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's my real. goal. That's dope. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What about you? I hope I have a story. I can't wait. Wait, wait. You, you got for me. You, you might though. Out? You might have a story. Um I I figured out a bunch this week, but I, I think what is the most pertinent to talk about right now that's really hitting me mm-hmm. is like the realization, because I'm a goal setter. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know how that came about. I'm thankful that that was always been the case. But even when I was 12, like I had a five-year plan. You know, like, it it was probably ridiculous, but I remember having it, you know. And, um, <laughs> I love that. But, um, so I wrote some goals. Like I made some goals, like, did some goals for uh, certain periods of time. Uh-huh. And uh, one set of the goals was for the week. Like, I'm going to do these things for the week. Like, I, and I even expressed some of those just to be more, not to be as vague, because I'm realizing I got to dive into yes. details. Yes, express, so, open up. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I did, I'm not a great, like, texting back or immediate response to communication. I'm not great with that. So one of the things I did was I said I'm not going to bed without any with any unread emails or texts so i just respond it made me respond uh-huh. um because i opened them because what i usually would do is i would not open it so i'm gonna get back to it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so now that i've opened it i'm like dang i'm gonna forget so let me respond now mm-hmm. so it's like making me have an action the other one i was doing was get up on the first alarm like so because uh-huh. you know it's easy oh five more minutes and i get up so what that made me do was i had to be intentional about my morning plan because right. like, all right when am i because i'm gonna be up Right away when I say I'm up. So uh-huh. let me go to bed at the right time. Let me get up at the right time and set that plan. And then the last thing was like, I do some type of physical activity in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, doing those goals, I had two weeks of doing those. First week felt great. Like I felt actually highly motivated. Like everything felt amazing. The second week, just recently, uh-huh. I did not feel that way. Uh-huh. I did not feel motivated right. to do them, but I did them. Uh-huh. And by the end of it, like, the last day, the first week when I felt motivated in that last day, and then the second week when I did not feel motivated and got to the last day, mm-hmm. I felt better in the second week right. because I was disciplined through it. Right. And that's what's like a hit for me. Like, oh, motivation. And we've, heard, and we've heard this, but it was like I felt it and I lived it. Motivation is fleeting. Yes. Like that will not stay. Mm-hmm. But the discipline part is like that's where the reward comes from. It's like mm-hmm. I did it anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that was a huge realization. Like, yeah, I just got to discipline myself through these things. That is so funny. I literally said that last night. I was talking to my sister, and I was like, yeah, motivation is a jump start. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it's meant to be and for. It's like you cannot live your life based off of being motivated. Mm-hmm. Like, it's based off of habits that you create. Yes. You have to make that decision. Yeah. Because it is, like you said, so much more rewarding. And people can apply that to anything. Like, if you're going to the gym because you want to get your health in order, you know, if you want to eat better, like, any choice you make. Yeah. You cannot base it off of motivation. That will set you up. And it's the easiest way to be like, dang, I tried. I don't feel it right now. And, but keep, that's not how and just works. be like, I'm going to fall right back into mm-hmm. old patterns, right? But, mm-hmm. like, take the risk and, like, push past your motivation. You, you know, know what else helped mm-hmm. me? That's dope. What, else, what else helped me with the goals that I realized with that was uh, I was reading this book, and, and I saw this with this set of goals I did. Is I didn't have a ton. Usually my goal board is slamming, like slamming. There's so many. So I'm like, this time I did it. I did few. Right. And the reason why I was reading the book uh, "Richest Man in Babylon" and and the author was saying, um, 
he loves a life of leisure. And what he's saying is not being lazy, but he likes to, to be able to have time mm-hmm. himself. So like one thing I will never do is um, if I say every day for 100 days, I'm going to walk down the road and pick up a pebble and throw it in the ocean, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he said, what I'm not going to do is the next, like one day skip doing it. And then it's, oh, so for the next day, I'll just throw two pebbles mm-hmm. to make up for it. He said, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. So therefore, what I don't do is make errant goals. I don't say I'm going to do things that I know I won't do mm-hmm. or overburden myself. Mm-hmm. And that was a realization for me. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to have... 67 goals and then not hit them, you know? It's like, nah, I'm going to do a few things well. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense to say, oh, I'll, oh, I'll miss today on my reading or whatever else mm-hmm. I'm going to do mm-hmm. and then make up for it tomorrow. It's like, nah, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So in that case, I'm going to be selective what I say I'm going to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? So that that was that was a huge realization this week. That's nice. It was helpful. I love this. Feel me? And I'm actually very glad because his goal boards were massive. And it, too much. It's, it, yeah. it, you end up paralysis by analysis like yeah. you do nothing because it's like yo it's so much yeah. it's like it was a waste of time actually it was harder i think to see and connect truly because mm-hmm. you just didn't have the time because you had to stick to all these like things you were just like always on the go and now it's nice to see it's like yeah take your leisure take space and time for yourself mm-hmm. okay so today we have an amazing topic for everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna dive into it and it's uh um, I hope people aren't sleeping because we're about to wake y'all up. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is today's episode topic and title is um, Woke Culture and White Awareness. Woke Culture and White Awareness. So we are going to dive into this concept of woke culture <laughs> and how has that and had that translated into white awareness or any awareness at all. I love this topic, but I don't know how we just gonna skip past that dad joke. Anyone heard that? Like, stay yeah, away. Sorry. Get out of here. Yeah, people are sleeping. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this is this can be controversial, which I'm yes. excited about. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be good. Let's roll with Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, woke culture. So there's a bunch of ways we can go. Uh, some backstory to, to how we thought about this, I, and the fact that we had these conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. One of the things that helped me, and I let you share how you know you framed the topic, is uh. This is author, forgot his name, probably intentionally. Um, he wrote a book called Woke Racism. Uh, he was talking about how woke culture is actually hurting black people. Uh-huh. Um, and it, there's a lot of things that uh, I disagree with in that. There are some things I do agree with in that. Right? right? Like how is this actually, this new wave of wokeness, which I think has tr- the original meaning of that has transcended. Right. I think it started off for us. <laughs> Definitely. Right, like yo, stay woke. Mm-hmm. Like for our people of color, like yo, be aware. Mm-hmm. You ain't trying to get finesse. Mm-hmm. And now we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think it has transitioned into like for white folks. Like, yeah. hey, like uh almost a way of like acknowledging that hey, I'm an anti racist or I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's like the term has in a sense been colonized a little bit. Yeah. Depending on how I, you use it. I think people have now merged it hand in hand with like cancel culture. So the moment you hear mm. woke, it's like, oh, you're trying mm. to cancel somebody. And it's it acts like this this agenda type mm. of terminology. It's right, right, right. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So so how did you like when you think about that, how do you like how do you feel about woke culture? How do you frame like how did you frame coming into this topic today? It's for me, it never changed definitions. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think I get more annoyed the more people try to utilize it or weaponize it against mm-hmm. others, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always seen it as like blindness being 
transform like you're all of a sudden able to see mm-hmm. it's like for you and you didn't know you're blind you were just mm-hmm. living your life in this bubble mm-hmm. you know happy-go-lucky or miserable however you lived and all of a sudden the veil is pulled back yep. and you can actually see what's going on yeah. and people are like you said coming alive they're coming awake they can see now yeah and so i never seen it as a negative thing the more people that i've seen almost being like oh my action is a microaggression mm-hmm Yes. And mm-hmm. we can now talk about it. You know what I mean? Because right. years before, it's anytime anyone brought up anything, like I really did not care for how you said that. It'd be like, oh my gosh, why would you? I didn't do anything mm-hmm. to you. That mm-hmm. was generally mm-hmm. the cycle. Mm-hmm. And now I see more of like, I'm guilty of that. Mm. And like, yeah, let's talk about it. We mm-hmm. can actually work through this and unpack it. You don't end friendships. It doesn't like leave with resentment. You you kind of get closer now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about for you? And you and you've seen that happen. And I almost well, I think about it because I think about it in the context of the woke idea, people being more awake to what's happening. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I'm seeing it. Um, and originally, I was saying, I think for for us, it was for us. It was by us and for us. Like yo, stay woke. Boo boo. Don't let the man get you. You know. <laughs> and now it's kind of like being popularized and colonized in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about it in the sense of race relations and just like cultural. Like equity, you know, like those type of things. Like, is is are things actually changing because of woke culture? Are people actually awake? You, you know, <laughs> I don't know if things are changing yet as much as people are so aware now that they're just just not willing to stand for it anymore, right? It's like the system is still systeming as it's been systeming all these years, mm-hmm. but now people are seeing the system for what it is and mm-hmm. like actually speaking out about it. It hasn't been broken yet. It hasn't necessarily changed yet, mm-hmm. but like we're on the right path because of woke culture. Well, let's talk about it. I think. Let's talk about stats. No, that's good. Let's bring <laughs> statistics, right? So we want to hear some stats because these, these I think are powerful for folks mm-hmm. to be able to hear. So with the question, has woke culture been good for like race relations or cultural relations in general? Um, here are some numbers for folks. <laughs> so in 2001, uh-huh. so about 20 years ago, 36% of white and 28% of black Americans said race relations were some form of bad. So either somewhat bad or very bad, right? Uh-huh. So 36% of white people thought that race relations were bad in 2001. Uh, 28% of blacks, right? Uh-huh. Now in 2021, you ask that same question, 56% of white folks say that race relations were some form of bad. And 66% of black people said that some form of race relations, right, were some mm-hmm. form of bad. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, two things. One, um, both groups would say, in that question, would say that things are worse right. now if you look at that, right? Right. Um, and then also, in 2001, black folks thought that things were somewhat better than mm-hmm. white folks did, right? Mm-hmm. Now... Um, we, our culture, black culture, sees things as worse than mm-hmm. white folks do. Even though we both see it as totally, you know, overall yeah. worse, yes. we see that it's actually worse off for us. Right. And so let's unpack that, right? Like, why is that? I mean, what does that actually mean? Does that mean things are worse? Mm-hmm. Or what could that mean? So um, let's start with the 2001 stat, because I just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> the fact that in 2001, 36% of white folks said that things were bad mm-hmm. in race relations, and only 28%. I, the first thing I thought was, I I don't care if it was 1901, 1801, 20 I don't care when it was. I I know in my being that things are not if you look at any statistic, things are not better for us. So why do we see it that way? Mm-hmm. Um and the first thing I thought was, well, we were comparing it to other generations. In 2001, if you go back to the 80s 
War on Drugs, yes. 60s and the riots and then the civil rights and then Jim Crow. In 2001, we were like, yeah, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will take this. Mm-hmm. George Bush is crazy, but we're going to take this. Like, we fine. Like, that's what we thought. And that's true. how we felt. That is true. Uh, that's how I saw What you think? Well, I would agree. And I'm, it's always generational to me, right? So, mm-hmm. like, in 2001, the adults at that point who were probably the ones giving these stats were much younger in the 80s mm-hmm. when the war on drugs and and everything so like yes comparing for like what it was like when we were growing up versus to how it is now mm-hmm. it's probably much better it's like that would make a lot of sense mm-hmm. and i know you ain't trying to jump yet so i'll stay in 2001 but the same thing could be true now 20 years later right. i'm like back when i was 12 my perception my perception is so different now as an right. adult like right. yeah i see it differently so all those people who are much younger back then and saw how things were versus now with technology mm. changing and mm. more awareness for what's going on around us outside of our living spaces major it's like yeah. oh i see it for what it is the the veil has people been are waking up you know what i mean <laughs> okay so you so right now so going back to that stat right so <laughs> double like more than double um, for black folks and almost double for white folks say that things are when they ask the same question how are race relations between white and black people mm-hmm. um, they've increased from like people say it's worse right in 2021 than they did in 2001 almost double look at those stats right um, so you would say that's because and this is what I think too not because things are actually worse mm-hmm. but because Folks are recognizing the things that are actually happening mm-hmm. a little more clear. They're a little more awake. And, and I think that, too. And I think the other thing is, like, in 2001, I think it was the heel of less explicit racism, mm-hmm. right? Like, less Jim Crow. Like, you can't drink out of this water fountain. And there's a sign that says that. There's less of that. Mm-hmm. But that was, I think, the in-between where there was a mass cultural awareness of structural things and mm-hmm. implicit things mm-hmm. that happen. And I think that's the switch is now people are more aware of that. Right. But, you know, what's interesting. We say awareness and I think a lot of it has more to do with attitudinal change, because back then when everything was very overt, people were aware. Mm -hmm. Just no one cared. It's like it didn't matter if people were being maltreated for their skin color, because that's just how that was the status quo. That's how things were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And now they are not only aware, but their attitude has changed because it's like, oh, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we shouldn't actually be judging or treating people poorly based off of these things. Mm-hmm. So I think with the awareness and this new generation, their attitudes have been changed. Like they're not being raised in the same status quo mindset. Right. Right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think we kind of got low to sleep. Like with the Bill Clinton era, who kind of, like before we really recognized what, the did you did. say lulled to sleep? We did. I think okay. we got lulled to sleep because it was like in the 2000s where f- black folks thought things were better off than the white people did. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in the era where the Clintons had just come in a Democratic president that supposedly did a lot for us until we look back and see the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, then we led into the Obama area. Like, oh, it's a, we kind of got lulled to sleep. Things are actually good. I think America got lulled to sleep. And then. 2021 we also have to realize this is after this the heels of the 45th president whose name i won't say who made us recognize oh no we thought we made it 
But nah, we really did not make it. It was just dormant under the surface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was way in here. We got loads of sleep. It's just like, oh no, wait, we that thought we were so good. So true. I did hear a lot of people say like race relations. We talking about our president was black. It's like mm. okay, right. It's like oh, that's how we think. I'm Are feeling. we gonna pretend like all the like hate toward that happening wasn't? apparent the mm. cartoons that we saw like the you know there was so many things that were happening under the surface that no one really brought to light mm -hmm. or wasn't like maybe fully showcased for all to see right right but like with tiktok now you could see everything everything's going on yeah yeah okay. yeah you're right and so just to even lead to some of these stats and i want to transition to another question i think it's gonna be a good discussion right because mm. i think woke and cancel culture that's where the rub is and people have problems with like yes. okay Woke and canceling have been almost synonymous. Yes. So we got to unpack that for a little bit. But right, right, right. just to see some other stats, too. Um, so just to see how people are waking up a little bit. So in 2001, 41% um, of all people in the country uh, were dissatisfied with the treatment of immigrants. In 2021, 60%, right? Mm -hmm. So about a 20% jump mm -hmm. in that where people said, yo, this actually, things aren't okay. Yeah. Right? So more of an awareness. Um, and then another way for the, how this is manifested, and th I think this is a really cool, uh, <laughs> um, like, display of how people, like, the learning is translating into people's lives. and what we, The attitudinal change mm -hmm. that you mentioned. So, people this. Um, in 2001, 33% <laughs> of white people disapproved of interracial marriages between black and white folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. Saying that. Um, as opposed to now, only 20%. So we made some progress. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. Black folks, let's, let's look at this. This, this is kind of hippie. In 2001, 20% of black folks said, nah, that shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. Right? That's where now only 3% of black folks said, mm -hmm. nah, that shouldn't be happening. Right? With mm -hmm. the blended family. Um, so this is a 20 years, 20 year yeah. difference. Yeah. And people seeing like i think the first thing culturally accepting that i think that is a microcosm mm -hmm. of how people feel about cultures because i think the clear separation between cultures is most acceptable definitely manifest manifesting relationships the strongest mm -hmm. or families won't approve and right. the fact that folks are approving is so much more heavy now right i think it's a representation of how that's manifesting mm -hmm. into how people view mm -hmm. relations that's true yeah. I, did, I did recall hearing some time back that the minorities of before are not necessarily going to be the minorities of now in the future because so many are mm -hmm. brown because everyone is like inter like racially mixing and having children it's like yeah mm -hmm. soon enough what is race <laughs> yeah by by 2040 mm -hmm. people of color will greatly mm -hmm. outnumber their white counterparts right by 2040 and you know, not talking in any sort of like power struggle move. But I'm like, I'm numbers. looking forward to this. I, I really <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. I just I think it's beautiful to look at an array of colors around me. It's, maybe that's just me. Yeah, and, and before we jump into to like the cancel culture piece, I wanna just put this out here and unpack what we think about this. Mm -hmm. Um and all these stats are from Gallup. If you know Gallup, Gallup is a uh is a world renowned <laughs> survey in, entity that does a, a lot of great surveys and um yeah, so these are good numbers to see. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm going to put this out there. Um, in terms of hope for progress, right? Uh, in 2021, 44% uh -huh. of white people thought that, I'm sorry, in 2001, 44% of white people thought that race would always be a problem. 44% thought that. 
Now, less than 35% do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For black and brown people in 2001, 66% of people thought that race would always be a problem. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't overcome it. Now, only 59% think that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Still more than half. W- yeah. yeah. It's a high number. That's steadily decreasing. Yeah. Um, do you think that the the woke and awareness, do you think people have hope that this will lead to some actual systemic change and long-term change? Like hope came back around kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it was a little abysmal for a while, especially in the those four years of a president we don't speak on. <laughs> and um, I want to believe, yes. I want to believe that, because for me it's true. Like I feel like there is hope that things can change, like the system can be disrupted in mm-hmm. a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think more people are a little more aware of like the 1% type of thing. Like we're recognizing yeah. that it's not even about race anymore. Like mm-hmm. it's been more about class and the classes we've been placed into. And that right. most of us are actually in the same boat, regardless of how we look. Mm-hmm. And if we're not working together or viewing it for what it is, all we're doing is keeping each other down. You know what I mean? Yes. I want to believe people are growing more aware of that. Yes. And like looking up and like, huh? We can reach that too together. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's true. So we were the change in progress may not necessarily be belief in the old guard of America, but belief in us as people, like mm-hmm. the brown people mm-hmm. and what we do for us. I love that. Okay. One of the things that threatens the idea of woke <laughs> is this this whole thing of cancel culture. Yeah. And people being canceled. Um I'm not a fan of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. I, know. I think I think that has come alongside with this idea of of wokeness. The reason why is I think there's some people who uh, I think Charlemagne says, says it best that they so woke they need to go to sleep. <laughs> and that's right, and that's real. I think that some people are so woke that sometimes with things that don't even really need to be addressed get addressed. No, but that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey man, you mighty awake. It's time for a nap. Unfortunately, that is true. Yeah, yeah. And when sure. we say that, we're talking like people who can look at the the color on the wall, like, like the paint, yo, and yo. claim that the fact that the white is colored over the black is telling you. You know what that means? You feel That's me? That's symbolic. It's a little. It's a little <laughs> much. It's a little much. Or with the other side of that too. So here's the thing. Um, I firmly believe this. The the cancel culture, mm-hmm. I think, is a that is a white driven movement. And this is the reason why I feel that. Okay. Because I think there are many of things that have happened. And continue to happen uh-huh. um, that in the past have always been there. The certain things that certain companies do, uh-huh. things that certain companies allow. I just watched a video recently, um, and on a bus, the Montgomery Montgomery uh-huh. bus boycott. Uh-huh. On the front of that bus was Pepsi, right? Pepsi had a logo on the front of that bus on all those buses, right? Really. And the thing that hit me in that picture, and I was watching a video about that, is why did Pepsi Back then, why were they allowed to support a company that perpetuated the idea that black folks did not deserve to sit in the front mm-hmm. of the bus? Right, like that's been happening. Like this, these things have been happening. Right. The folks who always were pissed off about these things were black and brown people. Mm-hmm. However, things were not canceled. Now, as white people become more aware, things all of a sudden are canceled. Right, and so. The harmful part of this, though, is the folks who get the blame when it comes to, like, I think the unnecessary cancellation yes, of things. Yes. It are, it's, it's our us. culture. We do. Son. We do. 
You're so right. We do. Think about it. Aunt Jemima, <laughs> Uncle Ben. Yo, when when we were just crying out for justice, mm-hmm. what cancel culture did was take away these these things that no one asked for. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, but can we work on the justice? It's like, no, but we gave you this. Yeah. It's like, Is this not good enough? I'm like, you know what? Now, Aunt Jemima, it was time for her to get up out of there because of the name. But Uncle Ben, I'm like, I rocked with Ben. <laughs> Some people won't buy it if it don't say Aunt Jemima because it's mm-hmm. like, that's grandma. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know it's good because grandma pancakes, made it. The pancakes been good for 40 years. I got to get some of them. Hey, yes, the caricature <laughs> from what it's come from, you know, it's wrong. But, like, at the point, at the moment, that was just not the case. That was not what we were trying to fight for. Yeah, for sure. So I feel you because it's like, if it was black people actually driving cancel culture, it wouldn't be cancel culture. It would be justice culture. It would, ooh. But that for was true. Heat. That's all, yo, you think about it, all the people that we've lost in such brutal ways or in such certain times, it's like yeah. what you really want is just justice for this. Yes, and if, you, if we really want to cancel some, let's not cancel all the ends and out. Listen, let's go ahead. We want to cancel uh, the judge who went ahead and said, you know what, Rihanna's a killer. Yeah. It's cool. That right. was justified. Right. We want to cancel some, what just happened recently. I know we got a mob, but before that. Somebody didn't even owe oh, somebody. This is the time. That's why I'm like, I, I, yeah, this is actually. You're not sad. talking about Derek Chauvin because we we got that one. We got that one, but it was one that just happened recently, and that's so sad that we got. There's so speak many. Like I'm that. like, I can't. Recall. But one that just happened recently, I'm like, oh, we're not even gonna take this to trial. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I know who you're talking about. But I don't remember who you're talking but about. But those mm-hmm. are that's justice, mm-hmm. right? Like that's justice. Like George Zimmerman getting off. That's justice culture. So that's why I feel like that's a white centered movement yes. because if in reality if. If it was us, things would have been canceled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's where the problem with woke culture, woke culture kind of intersects with the idea that um, we aren't the ones driving the movement, but we suffer the consequences, right? When people look to divide something yeah. else. Yeah. And we, then we take on the blame. Like, we get blamed for it. Mm-hmm. As, so, as so we did something. Like, what? Yeah. Because we're speaking up and other people are actually listening and then taking it left. You're blaming us for mm-hmm. speaking up. It's like we've been speaking up. Okay, now let's keep this real. Let's be honest. When are we not? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so some of the things, like you know, some people. There was one article I read where somebody said something like it was a. I think it was a president of a school who said something like, um, "We need to address the continual atrocities of ra- racism um, and understand that Black lives matter, but also everyone lives matter, right? For example, and uh-huh. they got the boot." <laughs> Because they say everyone, almost like the all lives matter thing. Yes. Even though in the beginning they said this and they got the boot. Um, someone else, I think I forgot who it was. Um, someone did something. They made a mistake in the wording about Martin Luther King. And they called him like Martin Luther. Uh, I remember. Okay. Got the boot. Uh, I, they didn't write that though. They stated that on live ta- camera, wasn't that? They one? said, yeah, they said yeah, that. Yeah, they yeah. said that on live camera, and it's C O O N. Yes, that's what they said. And there was a few other things where people got canceled. I'm like, ooh, you know. Yeah, it was on the fence. Like, mm-hmm. maybe not. Um, do we, all right, we keeping it real. We just between us. It's like, sometimes we feel like, yeah, because we got canceled all the time for nothing. <laughs> like, we was always getting, we got canceled from jobs. We got canceled from justice. We got canceled from restaurants. It's like, all right, take a little bit of that. Do, they, do, we, do we have any of that vindictive? We as in you and I, or we as in a culture? Because I ain't going to speak for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how you feel about it? Um, <laughs> It really always depends. But sometimes, yeah. Get them. You know? <laughs> it's like it depends on like also. So sometimes you see on like um, social media, 
someone, you know, they get dubbed a Karen, is going mm-hmm. in about black people and calling them names and like, I can't believe my white friend is with this. this, mm. And they'll call them all kinds of disrespectful things, right? right? And then someone will screenshot who the person is, where they work, and you'll see they got fired. Mm-hmm. Them the breaks. Like, I don't yeah. be feeling no, what am I supposed to say? Like, mm, I wish that didn't happen to you. It was like, nah, I'm glad you got exposed because that's crazy. I can't believe you're working yeah. around children or with people or with us. Like, nah, get out of there. Yeah. But there are some, like, that first example you used as like, okay, that was, that, that was, that a, was a little much. Yeah. I don't understand why that had that happened. You know? And a part of me feel like too, I can't lie. When I when I look at the things that are happening to people and they have to be it's like now I have to be so careful with what I say and how I act and how I dress. Dang, welcome to our world. Mm. Yeah. It, it's real uncomfortable, isn't it? Thank you. You live in your privilege for so long and now it's uncomfortable. Yes. You we honestly, you we walk into a room and you know visible is is the thing that you're being judged on. All of these things that don't act that's been constructed, right? That aren't tangible. It's like, yeah, now you have to now you have to endure that. So part of me, even though I shouldn't, and forgive me for being petty, <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, yes. We are Take human, y'all. We are human. I'm not here for anybody to be like, really? Like, yes, we are humans. And we can admit our faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nah, so, okay. So, yes, so let's answer this question that we had to ask. If we had to give a definitive answer in a why, is woke culture good or bad or indifferent? I hate your questions. <laughs> that is not that is not end all be all. I think woke culture has its place and I think it can serve a great purpose. You about to PC it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think like anything, people can misuse it for their own purposes, right? And for that reason, that's why it has been deemed bad. But what it started for and what it's meant to do is greatness. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I dropped the mic metaphorically. Yeah, so we go listen, listen, y'all. I know y'all might be listening because right there was so much heat. You gotta start right there. Y'all might be listening, like, man, what in the world is they talking about? Look, we might be right. We might be wrong. But at the end of the day, we, we just, just young, young, black, and, and figuring it out. out. Tough.